بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه مباركا عليه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد Dear brothers and dear sisters, dear friends Ramadan is the month of the Quran and when we're reading the Quran there's a when we read in the Quran there's one mention of someone in the Quran that we see often over and over again that discussion comes over and over again there's a specific individual that's mentioned he's generally mentioned as an enemy so these are a few of the verses that relate to that أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولا تتبعوا خطوات الشيطان إنه لكم عدو مبين Next verse يا أيها الذين آمنوا دخلوا في السلم كافة وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ إِنَّهُ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌ مُّبِينٌ Then in Surah Al-An'am Allah says كُلُوا مِمَّا رَزَقَكُمُ اللَّهُ وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ إِنَّهُ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌ مُّبِينٌ Then again in Surah Al-Nur Allah says يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ وَمَنْ يَتَّبِعْ خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ فَإِنَّهُ يَأْمُرُ بِالْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ صدق الله العظيم There are numerous other verses that talk about the shaytan and Allah is essentially telling us about the shaytan so in one verse Allah says إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لَكُمْ فَاتَّخِذُوهُ عَدُوَّا Shaytan is your enemy. Shaytan is your enemy. So take him as your enemy. Like make sure you take him as your enemy. So Allah is making, He's not hiding anything from us. He's saying, Shaytan is your enemy. He's going to seem like a friend. He's going to be an enemy that you're going to have to have a relationship with. Ajib. Not you don't have to, but it's like, People don't like the BBC and other news media outlets. But then you still go back to them to get the news. Because it's the most convenient channel or it's the most convenient app or whatever the case is. In fact, many news channels, you don't trust them really, but you still kind of use them. It's this weird relationship. Shaitan, it's just that it's very difficult to escape from shaitan all the time unless you're constantly in the remembrance of Allah. Allah has given us a way to do that. What I want to discuss today is basically the way shaitan works, the nature of the shaitan, and how he's connected to us, and the best form of defense. Because at the end of the day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Ramadan has taken away the shaitan and locked him up. So he's out of the picture. We still sometimes actually feel like sinning in Ramadan. If shaitan was out of the picture, and it's shaitan that makes us commit sin, why do we still feel like sinning in Ramadan? I guess the simple answer to that is, most of the time in Ramadan, it's not because of shaitan that people feel like committing sin. Shaitan's out the picture. And the best way to tell this is that, do you ever feel like doing a new sin in Ramadan? 
Or is it an addictive sin, a sin that we're already used to, that we just feel like doing again? You'll, hard, you'll see that it's hardly ever that you'll actually start feeling like you want to do a new sin. You're not interested in music. Like you, you don't listen to music much in your car and then suddenly or in your earphones or whatever. And in Ramadan comes, you're like, I want to listen to music when I'm going to work. When I'm going to the masjid, I'm going to put some music on. You won't think like that if that's a new sin for you. right? If you've never flirted, well, you're not going to start thinking about doing that in Ramadan for sure. Right? Because even those who flirt outside, they probably don't want to do it in Ramadan. So generally when it's a new sin, that generally comes from shaitan because he's the one who whispers. الْوَسْوَاسِ الْخَنَّاسِ أَلَّذِي يُوَسْوِسُ فِي سُدُورِ النَّاسِ He's the waswas. Waswas means the one who whispers. The one who gives promptings in your ear, who gives you ideas. Khannas means the one who retreats. Shaitan generally retreats when we do any remembrance of Allah. You say, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, Subhanallah, Astaghfirullah. Shaitan retreats. Right? But then as soon as we stop, he comes back. Allah says, Alladhi yuwaswisu fi sudurin nas. The one who whispers into the chests of people. Sudur. Sadr means chest. Good job, he didn't say qulub. Qulub means hearts. Because if, if shaitan could do a direct whisper into the hearts, we'd have no choice. Because something that is beamed directly into your heart, you don't have a choice to accept or reject or to follow or not to follow. You just have to, because it's in your heart. Our heart is what governs us. So he says that it, he whispers into the chest area. It's up to the heart whether we take it or not. So if we strengthen our heart with the remembrance of Allah, then we'll be more immune. It's like those people who they say have a vaccine are more immune to getting more debilitating diseases. Allah knows best, but it seems like the case. right? I don't want to get into that controversy. But if you take certain foods and certain nutrition, certain nourishment, certain vitamins, you're supposed to have more immunity. right? Uh, for example, once I came, uh, I was a bit sick. A bit of cold or something. And I'd come back from a trip abroad, from a, uh, can't remember which country it was. And I'm noticing that I've got a jacket on or a coat on and everybody else doesn't have a coat on. I was like, is there something wrong with me? Why am I feeling cold and they're not? It's because I had a lowered immune system at that time. So I was feeling colder and more vulnerable to catching maybe, you know, a cold or feeling cold. Whereas others were fine. That they were normal, I was abnormal there. Right? So likewise what happens is that shaitan is going to attack, but if we can develop an immunity, then we can basically protect ourselves. Because you probably get viruses in the air all the time. But if you have more immunity, then nothing happens. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want it to happen, it's not going to happen as well. There's people in the COVID who literally the husband had COVID or the wife had COVID and they slept in the same bed and the other partner did not get COVID. What, an, what a system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's up to Allah. He does what He wishes. So now, what we want to understand is that shaitan is your enemy, so take him as your enemy. Uh, we've generally been deceived. The Muslim ummah has generally been deceived in the past by people coming to them as though they're their friends. But yet they were enemies. Uh, using that apparent friendship to divide people and to play them against one another. That's how our major civilizations have been destroyed. Major Muslim 
governance has been debilitated and incapacitated and put on the back foot. It's happened throughout. It's just it's a normal human thing in a strategy, strategy that they use. Shaitan, but Allah is telling us he's clearly your enemy. But the problem is very. It's a bit difficult for a lot of people to resist the shaitan. So let's just finish the talk of about Ramadan. Why do people still feel like sinning? It's because of the nafs. It's a habit. That's what we feel like doing. That's why we don't feel like doing a new sin. Right? So shaitan's out of the picture in Ramadan. Right, now the next point here. There's a hadith in Sahih Muslim which says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whenever He creates any human being, there's a shaitan that is designated for them. An individual shaitan. Right? For every single human being. It's not one shaitan for the Khan family and another one for the Musa family and one for the Mustafa family and the Patel family or one for Redbridge and one for the, the you know, Cranbrook area or, or London or whatever. It's one per person. There's enough shayateen to go, go around. Everyone has a shaitan. The Prophet ﷺ has asked, even you? He said, yes, even me. But my one has been subdued. The Prophet hasn't been given immunity. You may have heard about the splitting of the chest of the Prophet when he was young. Right? And then it happened again. They say up to three times, once before his ascension, another one before his first revelation. But the famous one is when he was a small child. In one of those occasions when the angels came, took out his heart, did that surgery, took out his heart, and took out a part and he said, this is Havdu Shaitani Mink. This is the... I mean, I would probably say this is the shaitani chip. That's how shaitan connects to the human being. There's a chip in us of some sort, some abstract chip, some really futuristic one. right? That, that's what the shaitan connects with. That's out. The Prophet doesn't have that. That's been removed. So the shaitan, the one designated on some, doesn't affect him. Another thing. Shaitan knows about you more than anybody else. Meaning any other creature any other creation. Shaitan knows about us, our shaitan knows about us more than our parents. He's been with us since birth. He's been with us all the time. So he knows exactly what makes us do things. He knows that when I meet a certain person, this is what's going to happen. Fireworks. Right? You know, a certain daughter-in-law when she meets the mother-in-law is going to be fireworks. Allah protect. Right? When a person meets so and so, there's going to be haram that will take place. When a person gets online, this is what's going to happen. He knows that, so he just has to whisper. He doesn't have to do much more. He just has to whisper, give you an idea, remind. Remind of the pleasure of a previous encounter. And then you just carry on. That's what it is. He just has to remind. Let me give you an example. If you're a smoker... Right? And Allah protect us and relieve us of this burden. But if you're a smoker, if you've ever been a smoker, the first guy that made you smoke, do you even remember who that is anymore? The person that got you into smoking, that friend, so-called friend, is like, hey, do you want to try a cigarette? Has anybody ever uh, at school told you, Have you, do you want to smoke? Right? Be very careful of those people. That person is long gone. But the habit stays. And you're spending huge amounts of money, you're messing up your health, but that guy is long gone. He may have even given up smoking, <laughs> subhanAllah. You know? uh, may Allah make this Ramadan a means of quitting smoking for people. It's a, it's a very debilitating disease. Um, it's a very debilitating habit, rather. 
So can you understand what I'm saying? Shaitan just has to prompt. He knows what. So we have to be very careful about that. We have, the way you develop immunity against the shaitan is by remembrance of Allah. When the heart becomes solidified and strengthened with the dhikr of Allah, then it's less prone to those whispers. We can more easily throw him away. We can easily, more easily repel him. Uh, just to give you an example, a lot of people have said that they do Ramadan very well because shaitan's out of the picture. They abstain from certain sins that they've been committing. You know, the whole of Ramadan went very well, they did not do it. And then on the day of Eid, in the evening, they messed up. And they feel so wrecked, so despondent. I did Ramadan so well, shaitan's back out after Ramadan ends. And he tries to come with a vengeance. Right? I know we're still at the beginning of Ramadan, but it's flying already. Right? For five, six days, however many have passed or are passing. I may not speak to you again before Ramadan, but this is one thing to keep in mind. If you can survive for the next few weeks after Ramadan, then you'll have a much better year. If you mess up the day after Ramadan, Eid day or the day after, then that's psychologically very debilitating. So be very careful on the day of Eid. Eid is not the day when God looks the other way. You know, uh, uh, in Stamford Hill where I was an imam, there's one day of the year, there's a, a big Jewish community, and they celebrate, I think it's called Purim. And they go kind of crazy on that day. They go on the back of trucks, blare the music, start drinking. You never see They're very dignified generally when they're walking around. They're very well dressed and dignified and you know, very solemn. But on this day they go crazy. It says that God looks the other way. Right? So that's their kind of day. They were delivered from somewhere. There's a historical story. So they think they can just go out. We don't, that's not Eid for us. Eid is a day of Yawmul Ja'izah. A day when we get reward for the Ramadan efforts. Right? That's really what it is. And Allah says, eat and drink and enjoy, but halal. Now, the verses that I quoted at the end, just to get an understanding of how shaitan works. And this is, inshallah, hopefully insightful so that we can be careful. I'll give you an example. There's a girl, right? She's 11, 12 years old. She's been to a Muslim school, right? She's not interacted with boys outside of her family. It's from a very chaste, very religious, very productive home, you know, very religious home. Now, they can't find a secondary school that's not mixed, so she goes to a mixed secondary school, high school, academy. And there's a guy there, and he says, oh, you look really nice. You know, you're really beautiful. You're going to have a lot of people saying that, right? And you get a lot of guys saying these things, unfortunately. It's haram, obviously. Now, what do you think her reaction is going to be? It's like, Tawbah, astaghfirullah, a bit of embarrassment. Right, a bit of embarrassment. She's never dealt with this kind of stuff. Do you expect this woman, this girl rather, to go all the way and commit haram on that first day? That she has been praised, you know, every few days there's somebody saying, hey, you know, your bag is really nice and your clothes are very nice. You've got a really nice smile, right? And saying other weird things. This is flirting, right? You think she's ever going to commit haram like straight away? No. It's a big taboo. You can't do that. Generally, it doesn't happen. Children don't end up in gangs the next day. Right? There's always a trajectory. There's always steps. And this is what Allah says number of places in the Quran. 
Do not follow the steps of the shaitan. Several places in the Quran Allah repeats that same thing. Don't follow the steps of shaitan. Because then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah An-Nur verse 21, He adds something, He says, And the one who does follow the steps of the shaitan, shaitan only commands people with unchaste things, immoral things and wrongs. Shaitan doesn't command for anything right. It's always step by step. The process is always step by step. So for example, let's give you an example. This girl, what's going to happen then is that the onslaught is going to be on her. She's, there's going to be constantly guys on her back because everybody else is doing it. So she's going to have to be very protected. Slowly, slowly, one day she's going to give a smile back. She's going to give a smile back. That's it. The connection is made. Until now, she kept turning away. She was embarrassed. She didn't say anything. She rejected the advances. One day, she's going to give a smile back. That's that weak spot. She's going to give that smile back. The shaitan's there playing. You know, shaitan's there working hard. He likes you. You should be interested. He gives a smile back. That's it. The connection is made. And then after that, then after that, Numbers are exchanged and, and then la hawla Allah ta'ala protects. Step by step, that's what it was. It's step by step. You'd never expect somebody to do that on the first day. There's a guy who's just started working, right, at a chicken shop. A uh, young college guy, he needs some extra money, he started working at a chicken shop. Where else do people work? Their first jobs. Huh? Retail, that, that one, yeah, maybe in retail, gone stacking shelves in Sainsbury's, for example, or something like that. Now, what happens is that it's the end of the day, and there's a customer that comes in, but you've done all the cash collection, you've done all the, uh, you know, the, the cash register, you've closed it up and everything, somebody comes the last, and you've got some extra chicken there to sell, so you sell it to him, and there's £3.50 there. What am I going to do? I've already done all the hisab, I've done all of the accounts. 350, I mean, am I going to like open up everything and then do it again? Shaitan comes to you, step by step. You should just, nobody's going to miss it. It's just £3.50. Right? You could say £1, you know, whatever. It's not much. Who's going to miss it? You know, make enough money anyway. That's the justification. They, make, they charge enough already. So we're allowed to cheat them, right? Because they charge too much already. I mean, you signed up for the charge, you know? So... Then what happens is that so you, you say, no, 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 la hawla wa la billah. Next time, same thought. That thought will continue unless you're connected in the dhikr to Allah. That thought will continue. And then eventually one day you'll say, yeah, man, just put it in my pocket. Or you know what? I'll put it in my pocket. I'll give it to the boss tomorrow. That's the real excuse. That I'll put it in my pocket. I'll give it to the boss tomorrow. And then after that, you forgot the next day. You forgot the next day. And you forgot, and then after that, it was just too complicated, and then you'd spent the money by mistake, and then it's like, oh, forget it, who's going to find out? He never said anything, so he probably didn't realize. He didn't check the cameras. Step by step. Then after that, you, you'll become a bit more brave. Right. So this time it was two, two, three pound, then a ten pound, a note, who's not going to miss it? There are so many people in this retail business that complain of their employees cheating them. I mean, you guys businessmen? Anybody businessman here? Right? It's one of the banes of business. You can put cameras, you can do what you want. And sometimes the guy is a good worker. So, and then they blackmail you. Subhanallah. These are the perils of doing business. 
It's like I'm teaching you how to do this. I'm not teaching you how to do this. I'm telling you that this is the steps that you do not take from the beginning. Let's take another example. There's two partners in a business. They've just started business together. And you know, each one is in charge of a certain aspect of the business. Again, a bit of cheating here and there. I can make this bit of extra money. And subhanAllah, sometimes you've had in businesses where one of the partners will actually go to the client or the potential customer and say, buy from us, but I'll give you this price, but then you give me a side amount on the side so that the official money coming into the business that we're going to share is a certain amount, but then the other part, part you give me in private so I make more money than my partner. You would never do that first. You start off with small things, then it goes to big things. This is how criminals started. They started off with small things. A friend of mine works in prisons as a chaplain. And once he was, you know, these are young offenders, between I think 17 and 20 or something. It's a special prison for young offenders. Right? One of the kids in there, he was talking to this Maulana, this Sheikh, about... Uh, he says, I blame my mother for my being in prison. <coughs> Why? What did your mom make you do? Go and steal? No, what she did was, you know when we used to go to people's houses? You know when you go to your relative's house and when you're a little kid? Do you ever remember wanting to take your cousin's car or a cousin's toy? That like, Can I take it home? Do you ever remember doing that? Well, you never do that. I'm asking you. <laughs> Have you ever thought of taking your cousin's toy home so that you can play with it at home? Yeah? I mean, every child does that, right? What does, what do the, what does that host family, what do the parents say generally? What do they tell you? Take it, right? Right? Like, let them take it. It's a bit embarrassing saying, no, 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 you can't take it. It's like, even if they don't want you to take it, they'll have to say, let them take it. His mom, she never used to say no. She's like, yeah. I mean, good parents always say, no, you can't take it. That's bad habit. You can't just take everything you see. We've got toy- enough toys at home. This is what you say. Oh, we've got enough toys at home. They don't even play with their toys. It's just something new. His mom never used to say that. Like, just let him take it. Right? Let it come in. I don't know for what reason. She's just very calm or uh, just uh, too laid back or whatever. So he got into this uh, culture you can say of entitlement that I can take whatever I want so slowly slowly he started when you know the local shop he used to go and take from there steal the local shop used to go uh, and and steal and nobody go to Shabnam supermarket okay right um, he used to take I'm getting used to the area right learning the names of the local shops uh, so he, he would take uh, take something it became, it became worse. He got his sister involved to watch out at the corner of the aisles and so on. And then it wasn't local shop anymore. It became the mall. I don't know which mall. It, was, it became a local mall. And he would use his sister and others to watch out. And then eventually, remember, you will always get caught. Just remember, children, you will always get caught. You may escape one, two, three, four, five times, but eventually you will get caught. Right? And generally when you get caught, it means you've done it a few times. Unless you're very lucky to get caught the first time. That's happened as well. I know a few people who 
they got caught the first time they tried and alhamdulillah that they didn't get it there was a small one but that put the fear of god in them you know so they didn't do any more now this guy is in prison and he blames his mum again it was a trajectory it was step by step do not follow the footsteps of the shaitan so you have at school you'll have somebody who tells you go and do this go and do graffiti now how do you feel about that no no no, i can't do that what they're going to do is they're going to put peer pressure on you i have to speak to the children they're here i can't ignore them that's why it's become sorry for the elders right you guys are not going to be interested in graffiti but uh so they're going to start to pressure you they're going to call you chicken they're going to call you all of these things they actually did a test they actually did a uh, a test on this where they got some guys to get these kids and try to get them to do graffiti and you know who were the ones that resisted were those who had a very solid home solid relationship with parents they had that conversation and said, no i'm going to go from here and they ran off if you don't run away and you stay there trying to fit in why are you trying to fit in because you don't have a good relationship at home that's why you're trying to fit in with friends if you've got a good relate you don't care about uh, bad friends and parents have taught them about that then they kind of resist may allah protect all of our children some other examples of this um, for the adults wives are constantly complaining my husband is being flirtatious i'm going to use these complicated words so um, to keep it a bit veiled my husband is very flirtatious after hours is on the whatsapp right and she is getting paranoid a lot of the time it's from that side it could be the other way as well and then you talk to the husband he's like no man that's just innocent banter it may not be halal banter he says it's innocent though because he says i've got a boundary i will not do the act right but don't you understand that you're really messing in this haram what you're doing this is the trajectory of the shaitan subhanallah think about this the freshest day hours of your day of anybody's day are the morning uh, waking hours and the first half of the morning right there's many people who are spending this in the company of the opposite gender because they have to go to work in a mixed environment and you have to dress up to go to work and so on you've got a wife at home but you've got these stunning other people at work you're on projects together you're doing tasks together you're experiencing the capabilities of one another and humans are uh, humans they really incline towards uh, good qualities or capabilities and strengths you're sharing uh, successes you're sharing failures high fives and and whatever else there is right and you come home and you're tired and then you start comparing I'm speaking in veil language you start comparing and then your marriage is on the rocks because this one isn't as bright as that one this one isn't as charming and as attractive doesn't carry themselves in that certain way maybe she's gone to work as well and she's also tired from work right allah make it easy these are sometimes inevitable things that people find themselves in may allah make it easy may allah make it easy these are all the steps to the shaitan so many marriages break they say that one of the highest records or highest days of divorce is on the 3rd of january because they have christmas parties where everybody lets their hair down and it goes crazy 
and marriage is just it's the time for destruction of uh, of marriages christmas time is the destruction of marriages christmas parties same thing you see something that is haram but it's not that bad it's just something that's stunning you know something that is very attractive but it's still haram for a man to look at so you look at that and then after that it just gets worse and worse and worse until people end up in pornography and they're addicted and they can't do anything about it it started off with something small it started off with one step it may have started with a friend trying to show you something on their phone that's why these high schools that ban phones are, should, be, should be celebrated because they're the worst things that you can have if you have a, a high school that doesn't allow phones to be used on the premises then that's really good because that is where most of the trouble is beginning nowadays steps of the shaitan some other issues like mashallah you've learned to pray and you do all of your prayers you do your fard, you do your sunnah, you do your wajib of course and you do your nafal prayers as well and then eventually you get a bit busy so you start dropping your nafal prayers you drop going to the masjid for your prayers you start delaying your prayers you're still praying them though you start delaying them then comes a time when you make them up all at night there's people who say, I, I, you know, I've really messed up I do try to get all my prayers done qadha before, before I go to sleep though Right, because of X, Y, and Z. It started off where the person was doing it well. These are trajectories. These are steps. This is what shaitan does. He carries on like this. Numerous examples. Numerous examples. I guess the point here is not to give every example there is, but it's to give us an understanding of how shaitan works. He starts bit by bit, giving a taste, breaking one taboo, one stigma, and then he carries on until... It gets worse and worse. We need to put a stop to it from the beginning and to strengthen ourselves. And the most amazing thing, despite all of this shaitan, Allah says about the plotting of shaitan that in the shaitan that the plotting of the shaitan is actually very weak. Whereas for men, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about the attraction to women, he says, in the kunna azim. That your challenge is much greater. But when it comes to shaitan, he says it's weak. How is it weak? Because as soon as you make dhikr, as soon as you say, La ilaha illallah, astaghfirullah, a'udhu billah, shaitan goes. But you might think, sometimes I'm in namaz, I'm in salat, and I'm thinking of a sin. Salat is full of dhikr. It's because, think about it, if you do think of a sin in salat, it's not going to be a new sin. It's going to be an addiction. It's the nafs that's craving it. That's all it is. It's the nafs that's craving it. That is what Ramadan is for. Allah has taken shaitan out of the picture. So there's two forces of evil in our life. One is shaitan. Shaitan's out of the picture. The second one is that nafs, the, the soul, the ego. That generally works based on habit. So Allah is telling us now, abstain from permissible things, food, drink and intimacy in the daytime. They're halal things to do generally. You're not allowed to do them. So what happens is then the self stops asking for you for food or drink during the day. It's like, okay, he's fasting. So we've just overcome the self. So it should just become easier to overcome the self after Ramadan from 
wrong things. Because if we're told to abstain from halal things and we're getting used to that, then we should become, it should become easier for us to abstain from haram things. That's why Allah said, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمْ الصِّيَامِ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ Fasting has been prescribed upon you just as it was on the people before you so that you can gain taqwa. So the purpose is not that just for Ramadan we be different, but it's more like a training ground. For example, as young children, I mean, our parents, are teach, uh, don't they teach us to respect our elders? They do, right? Our parents teach us to respect our elders. Now, is that just for when you're small and you can start disrespecting them when, they get, when you get older? You understand it, that it's actually respecting them for the rest of your life. That's a training. We're supposed to carry it on. Likewise, Ramadan is a training ground to get that taqwa in Ramadan, not just for that, that on the day of Eid comes, everything goes back to what it was before Ramadan, but to carry on. It's a training ground every year. Allah gives it to us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq. May Allah accept from us. May Allah protect us from the khutuwat is shaitan. These steps of the shaitan, be very careful about the steps of shaitan. Try to recognize, try to get clever at recognizing this is shaitan, man. Let me run a mile. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. May Allah give us a tawfiq to do that. This is useful for adults and children because we're all prone to Shaitan is after all of us. Right? That's why let us develop immunity. And mashallah, there's one person who told me that in Ramadan, he really made an effort that year. And then after that, the, the extra effort that he did in Ramadan, for, you know, for the next seven months after Ramadan, he didn't even feel like doing the sin that he was used to doing. He didn't even feel like it. Right? Then after that, he started becoming weak. And I don't know if he pulled it through or not. He says, a year or two later, I again made a huge effort in Ramadan. Lots of dua and adhkar and everything. And then I did i'tikaf as well, he said. And he said, this time, the immunity that I got from Ramadan lasted nine months. Or ten months. No, actually, yes. He said it, it, it lasted for nine months. Yes, now I remember. And he said, now I started feeling weak again. Started feeling inclined. But he said, look, I can't mess up now. This is the first time I've been nine months without the sin. So then he said, I've only got two months left until I get to my sanctuary, the next Ramadan. And he said, I managed to pull it through. And that was my first time in so many years that a whole year had gone without a sin. So Ramadan is extremely powerful. And if on top of that you get Hajj, that gives you a, another boost of uh, thing, uh, another boost of uh, uh, fortitude and immunity as well. May Allah make Ramadan that source of immunity for all of us and give us the highest reward. And may Allah make this Ramadan better than any Ramadan before it for us. Allow us to be closer to Him than we've ever been before. Uh, the point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that inshallah you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind, you can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.